Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. And by Shewart & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Mansour's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. As our economy has become more specialized, so have the consultants who come into our companies and help us figure out how to do our jobs better. And in today's digital economy, consulting firms don't have to rely on local or regional clients to pay the bills. Baton Rouge consulting firms have clients that take them all over the country. Robert Munson is carving a unique niche in the field of sports consulting. In mid-2016, Robert partnered with Washington, D.C.-based Sanderson Strategies Group to create a new sports division based right here in Baton Rouge. The firm counts among its clients the Commissioner's Office for Major League Baseball and has worked with 22 of the 30 Major League Baseball teams in the country. SSG helps them by providing services like brand and reputation, positioning, crisis management communications, and media relations. Robert also has extensive experience in business and political consulting as well. Robert, love what your firm is bringing to the market. We look forward to hearing about it in a few minutes. Welcome. Thank you. Devin Lemoyne is a consultant whose firm Success Labs focuses on management consulting and offers companies guidance and training on leadership development, executive coaching, organizational development, and workforce planning and succession. Devin is president and owner of the 20-year-old firm, which has worked with hundreds of companies across the country. Last year, Success Labs made LSU's 100 list of fastest growing companies throughout the world. Those are companies, of course, owned by LSU graduates, which Devin is. Devin, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Well, Robert, let's let's start with you and talk about sports consulting. No question, there's a market for it out there and big money too, but how does a Baton Rouge firm get noticed when no question there are companies all over the country and big markets doing this? There are. There are definitely companies all over the country doing this in bigger markets, but I, I think the market here, par particularly in the south, is unique. Uh, we have you know, across Louisiana, Texas, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, some of the biggest sports markets in the world, some of the biggest teams in the world, some of the biggest leagues in the world. And probably, I think, uh, uh, the biggest fans of sports <laughs> in the world are here, but also athletes. We, we, we produce more professional athletes here per capita than any, really anywhere else in the world. So that is that is an amazing statistic. I've heard you quote that before. That's, that is a proven yeah, fact. Yeah, you're, you're more likely uh, to be a professional athlete if you're from the state of Louisiana than from any other state in the country. I love that. Which is just a remarkable stat. I have no idea why that is. <laughs> um, and we do work with individual athletes. Um, you know, we prefer to work with teams and leagues and conferences as well, and there's plenty of that to go around as well. And, and you do things like, like brand and reputation management and media relations. It's like a practical level. How does that work? Yep. You're working for the MLB commissioner's office or for an MLB team. Well, it's, uh, there is no practical level to this particular <laughs> vocation. It's a nuanced job. Um, every client presents some unique challenges and opportunities. I, I think the best way to put it would be that we uh, work on positioning our clients. 
Uh, sometimes that means taking advantage of opportunities that come around in a year or so. Sometimes that means uh, positioning them and protecting them from exposure and risk that can come. So, you know, whether it's a sports client or a political client, they are, they are you know, all exposed, generally speaking, to the public in one form or another. It might be directly, it might be through the media, it may be through a regulatory environment with the government. But one way or the other, they have some exposure that they can either take advantage of to further their brand and their careers, and, or there's potential for risk as well. Mm -hmm. Now, Devin, Success Labs works with a variety of clients, not sports, but small companies, big companies, medium size. What is your unique niche? It's really going in and understanding what's going on with an organization from the people strategy standpoint. So I would say that everything we do is really about helping that company be more effective, and that's the, the individual leaders and emerging leaders, um, the teams and the organization as, as a whole. So when we go in, we're really trying to help them from their people strategy up against their, their business strategy, and in this kind of environment, with such, you know, millennials coming in who are not really tethered to long-term employment. Companies are really having to say, what really are, what really is our um, relationship with our employees? It's changed a lot. And how do we look at our risk and our needs for what we're trying to do as an organization and match the things, the solutions to that? And so in that case, you know, we're, we're also walking, working around the nuance, those unique companies, their unique challenges, where they're at organizationally, what they're trying to do, and then what do we have to do on the people side to make sure that they can be successful. When you go in, how much time do you spend with a company before you come up with the game plan that you're going to present to them? Well, I, you know, a lot of time the, when someone calls you, uh, they think they want something. <laughs> and I always, one of my first questions is, you know, tell me the impetus for this call. You know, what made you pick up the phone and call me? Because that, once they tell me why they are actually calling me, sometimes the thing that they think they're asking for is not necessarily the thing that they need. Sure. And uh, so a lot of times in those first phone calls, I'm trying to understand what's really going on. Why did, what made you pick up the phone? Uh, that tells me a lot about what, what's going on. And many times what we end up doing is different than the thing that they called for. And I'm really focused on trying to make sure they get the right things, not just that they get what they what they thought they needed. And, and there's always that impetus. There's that reason why they call you. It's a problem, it's a challenge, it's a, something just happened. And usually behind that is a deeper set of needs. Now how does a consultant know how to do this? Uh, I, I don't know that anyone knows how to be a consultant. I, I, I certainly kind of worked my way into this from experience. I've, I'm going on probably about 18 years now uh, in one form or, or another as a consultant and a strategist. And I, I do think experience is just an absolute key part of this business. It's really hard to give good advice if you don't have experience with bad advice as well. Uh, so over the years, you kind of garner a lot of that. And the more times you're in a crisis situation, for instance, the better you're going to be at dealing with it. Uh, usually people face a crisis for the first time. They have no idea what to do, and they call people like me to help them do that. Well, I've been through 5,000 of them. Yeah. Uh, so experience definitely helps a lot. And, and you came up in the political arena, mm -hmm. and your, your dad was in politics, mm -hmm. and then you worked with Len Sanderson, who's a great political strategist in Washington. So y'all started there and then migrated into the sports business because you saw the niche? Well, I, yes, I started out in campaign politics, moved on to re representing primarily uh, companies and organizations that are in a regulatory environment, either from the state or the federal uh, government. And so I do a lot of work in, in private companies as well as government agencies and those who are elected to, uh, to office. And sports is another part of my business. I haven't transitioned to it so much as expanded into it. Okay. Uh, and the, the 
similarities between the two are, are much more than, than the differences. These are both very high public, high profile uh, industries. They're probably the only two industries I can think of that are covered 24 hours, seven days a week. It's something we all talk about all the time, sports and politics. Sure. So they're, they're unique in and of themselves, but have a lot in common. Interesting. Devin, what about you? How did you know how to be a consultant? And your background was in what? You know, my background is really mass comm, marketing, economics. I really kind of got into this a little bit sideways after I'd stayed home for a few years with my triplets, I know, <laughs> as we've talked about before. And uh, the business changed and morphed over time. You know, as Robert was talking, I was thinking about how, you know, what do you really bring as a consultant? I think a lot of times as a consultant, you're bringing perspective and, and good critical thinking skills and a base of sort of knowledge about generally uh, what, the, what the best practices are, but being able to help apply those in really meaningful ways with clients. And, uh, and, and so th I think that's where the perspective and the good critical thinking skills are. You know, every, uh, as Robert said, every organization is a little bit different, even within, uh, with among teams, with the cultures and with their strategies on what they're trying to do. And, and so I think most good consultants are, uh, are able to use that base of, of, of really strong best practices and, and uh, know what works on it, and, but then to be able to apply it really quickly and inspire confidence in those people because honestly, They've got to be able, they, they've got to trust that you're going to lead them and give them great advice and lead them in, in the right direction. And, and I don't know, no, Robert, you can say whether you think that that, that that's is something. That's huge. I mean, if, if I sit at a table and people don't think I'm coming to them with a, in a position of authority and with confidence, th they're not going to keep me around. I mean, I've got to be able to instill some confidence in them. And that may come from talking about some experiences. It may come in my tone of voice. It may come in my mannerisms. Uh, it may come in, you know, quick fire questions and I've got every answer, or I just say, you know what, I don't know. It, I don't know what the situation might be at the time, but you have to instill confidence, otherwise a client will never walk with you. It's also, and I think that other thing, Robert, and you alluded to it, and that is they have to believe, and I think good consultants, that you really want to help them. I, I got a call yesterday. And there was this guy, and he, he said, thank you for calling me back. I, I, I have an investor. I need to do this business plan. I need it by tomorrow. He told me all these other things. And I said, okay, slow down. And I was like, you know, you could go throw some money at somebody, but here's what I do. Look, in the next 30 minutes, I'm going to send you this, this, and this. And, it, you know, it was interesting because he said, um, I already want to work with you because you didn't just try, you know, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'll ever hear from this guy again, <laughs> but I got, like, I wanted to help him. And I really, and you were able to reach I'm him. really, I'm in. Like, as soon as I start talking to somebody about something, I'm in and I really care about that working out. Sometimes you get the business, sometimes you don't. But well, I, I can tell you from my wife has worked with Devin, I, she's a rock star. And <laughs> uh, the, the folks that she works with are loyal to her and she to them. And that is absolutely crucial that they believe that you want the best for them. And a lot of that comes with building that relationship over time. It's hard for that to be immediate. Sure. Um, but I've had very similar situations too where you have people come to you and they, they want help. And I've said no before because I didn't think it was the best fit for them. I didn't think I could help them in the way that they needed help. And that comes around too, you know, that, that comes back as well. But you definitely have to want to help these clients. Of course, they, they, they go with you on faith. At the end of the day, what are your deliverables? I mean, what kind of metrics are there to prove that you did help them 
and what happens if they say that you didn't? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that's never happened to y'all. It depends. Uh, if it's, you know, campaign politics was always fun because at the end of the day, you knew for you sure. Either you either won or you <laughs> lost, and I always loved that. I hated the losing, but I obviously loved the winning. And, and that's a sure thing. You know one way or the other. The numbers don't lie. Sure. Uh, there's no question that it's, it can be difficult to measure with some clients because the, the, um, the product itself is, is maybe more nebulous, like a, a crisis management situation. Um, I always tell people this is not, you know, I, I'm not going to make this crisis disappear. I'm not a magician. It exists. We're going to manage it. Uh, we're going to get you through it. We're going to get you out of it. We're going to get you working again. But, and, and so at the end of that, is it difficult to measure? Sure it is. But the client knows. The client always knows. They, they know if you helped them through or if you did not. They can tell. Uh, I, I say a lot, and Robert just said magician. I, I'll say a lot. Look, this isn't magic, <laughs> you know. Um, I would say one thing that I think we do well is that we are very, the way I, the consulting that I do is considered soft, right? I mean, I'm, I'm working on leadership development and developing processes and systems to grow people on, on, around leadership competencies and that stuff is very hard to measure. Uh, one of the things that we do is we're very deliverable based in everything we do and so, you know, people call and say, well, can you do team building? Yes, I can, but I can promise you it's not going to be, you know, soft fuzzy. We're going to have a deliverable at the end of that. We're going to have a plan for this team to be better. So we're going to have some fun, but we're also going to, to kind of have this plan uh, for things that we're going to be doing as a team to get better and stronger. And same thing with our coaching. We have a very structured approach. And uh, so everything is very, uh, and we do a lot of assessment before, during, after, so one of the things we say a lot around the office is we try to make the soft stuff hard stuff, yeah. the hard stuff, because if it's just soft, it is hard, it, and you don't look at it in a way that um, you can capture and manage and, and track it. It is hard to Do tell. Do you if you've use been like proprietary systems that you have developed for, for instance, the assessments or the training or the after the follow-up, or do you buy software from someone that does management consulting? And, and part of it is it both. Uh, um, both. We make sure that we produce something at the end of almost everything we do, that there is something there in writing. But, you know, I have success labs, but I have a tech company too. And um, so we have an application that captures it for small and mid-sized businesses that captures and manages the um, leadership. The it can do 360 assessment, it can do succession plan, it can do development planning. And it's you can interact with it and show progress and and actually see all those things so that's something we'll be focused on trying to take to market actually this year um, we it's already in some companies but we'll actually be trying to blow it out oh. so well we'll want to follow up on that you're listening to out to lunch i'm stephanie regal we're talking to devin lemoyne of success labs and robert munson of ssg robert do you get down to that level of specificity, or are you looking at more branding, imaging? How no, we can get pretty darn itself. specific. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that I do with new clients, whether it's in business or politics or sports, doesn't really matter, is, is an audit of, of sort of everything that they do and don't do. And over the course of usually a month or two, um, I'll develop some very, very specific recommendations for my clients. Um, there's an overlying strategy with it all. I mean, that's ultimately what I get paid for is to develop a strategy for a client to follow, but everything has to fall under the umbrella of that strategy, and there are very specific things. They could be personnel recommendations. They could be software recommendations. Um, right now, we're working with a client where we're talking about improving their storytelling, so there's some very oh, specific 
uh, things that are coming out of that. In a couple of weeks, I'll be at spring training in Florida talking to uh, one of the Major League Baseball teams about uh, the dangers of 2017. 2017 is dramatically different than 2016 from a public relations standpoint. The things you can and can't say are very <laughs> different than they were even just three months ago. And and you're talking to the actual players about this yeah. or the managers or the owners? The or players. Are going to meet with the guys? We're going to meet with the guys, yeah. We'll be in the locker room talking with the guys, and it's something we uh, did last year with some teams. We'll do this year with some teams. And, and that's obviously a specific deliverable. That's something that management okay. wanted us to do. Um, what so can't you say in 2017? <laughs> <laughs> I was about that. that this question. sounds fascinating <laughs> because I would imagine, yes, you have to be much more Careful. You have to be careful. It, we, we're very careful to never tell a client you can't say something. And, and that's from players to CEOs. That's not our business. My job is not to tell you what you can and cannot say. My job is, however, to say, look, if you do say this, these are the potential ramifications of it. Or here is a manner in which you could position yourself or say it better to either reduce your risk or possibly give yourself, um, you know, th there's a big difference between opinion and conviction. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we, you know, I try to really communicate with my, my clients that y if you're going to say something in this realm that's potentially controversial, make sure there's conviction behind it, that it's not just an opinion. If there was ever a time to wing it, 2017 is not that time. And, and we're talking political topics mostly and, uh, and things like Social activism, politics, yeah. uh, all, all of that. I mean, we can all kind of go through our head and think of, you know, there, there's, uh, if, if I mentioned a wall, right now <laughs> it has very different <laughs> ramifications today than if you and I have been talking a year ago yes and so you just have to be aware of it and a lot of it is just making clients more aware of what's going out there but I would never tell somebody what to say that's not my job and I suppose with social media and athletes in particular not to not to be pejorative but I mean athletes again, you know young and impetuous again and don't maybe wing not it <laughs> yeah don't don't right? wing it what you think is funny <laughs> at 3 a.m. isn't necessarily so funny when you walk in the door at 9 a.m. Um, one, you know, one recommendation for that area is, is have someone else always look at it um, mm -hmm. before you send something, before you hit post. Um, so there are very specific ways you can protect yourself. But yes. Robert, we've talked before about, you know, growing a, a sports industry in mm. the Baton Rouge area. And like you said, we have a lot of the natural resources or the, the talent base and certainly the fan base. Do we have um, the other pieces of the puzzle that we need to really grow a sports industry here outside of just having a good college football team and mm. a so-so NFL team down the road? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there are a lot of pieces here, like you said, and some of them are obvious, the athletes, the teams, uh, the fandom, all of that. Um, I, the biggest thing, I, I don't think it's any different than any other industry, is talent. You know, um, do we have the talent here to make it happen, or do we don't? And sometimes you're not we talking do. athletic talent, but you're no, talking no, the intellectual business talent, talent, creative talent, the business talent to do this. Um, you know, LSU is definitely a wealth of talent, but we know a lot of folks, and Devin, I'm sure you work with clients all the time. You have talent and resources are leaving a lot, mm -hmm. uh, and it would certainly help to be able to hold on to more of it. No question. As consultants, I'm sure y'all are on the road a lot consultants are that's certainly the reputation what kind of reputation does Baton Rouge have when you're out there meeting in other places or does it even factor into the discussion do you do people look a little sideways at you because you're from South Louisiana or does it not matter boy I you know I don't really know that there's a lot of talk about it. and people know about the food you know in some ways there's that you know that phenomena where you know when you're local they actually don't know if don't necessarily trust that you're that good maybe we go outside so when we're other places I think that 
people, we're the, we're the external consultant coming in from another <laughs> state, right? right. And then the outside expert. And so mm -hmm. we've always, and, and truthfully, a lot of our business is in the, in the South, you know, Texas, um, Louisiana, Alabama, uh, and then we've got some clients in, in other states, mainly a lot through our clients here who recommend us and, or have other locations. And then we do a little work in Canada for some of our, our clients. So, so that's how I would, I would answer that is, say, is, is to say that we, it's probably tougher being here sometimes. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends if I'm if I'm working in state. There's certainly areas of the state. If I say I'm from Baton Rouge, they look at me like I'm up to something. You know, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I, I I clearly must be up to something if I'm from Baton Rouge. If I'm working out of state, I, yeah, people want to know about the food. How far is it from New Orleans? The standard <laughs> standard stuff. But I, I don't necessarily yeah football. I don't necessarily see it as uh, having ever held me back. I haven't lived here all my life. I've lived el elsewhere. I think that always helps. Um, but yeah, it's not been much of an issue for me. Devin, what about being a, a woman-owned firm, a female consultant? I know most of the employees in your shop are women, not exclusively. Does that work to your advantage as a consultant, somebody who maybe is, you know, does a lot of people and uh, nuanced communication, as, as we talked about earlier, or does it factor against you? I know you do work in industrial plants along the river. When you go in there, <laughs> you know, I. I think, you know, every firm and every person, every organization has different advantages and disadvantages. I, I always say um, maybe some of our biggest advantages are, are the fact that, you know, I, and you talked about the petrochem and the manufacturing, you know, I, I come from a, we have a lot of first generation college, you know, college grads or second generation college grads, a lot of us from, you know, blue collar, working class families. and. You know, so our, our dads, you know, work shift work. You know, when I go in, in a plant, you know, my dad worked shift work for 40 years. And I know what that's like. And I'm, you know, we talked about things that were happening in the plant around the table. And so a lot of my team, you know, it's their dads were electricians and, you know, uh, military and things like that. So I think more than anything, People know good consultants, male or female. I would hope that that, um, you know, didn't hurt and help. But I think it's beyond. I think it's broader than that. Mm -hmm. What do you think is holding Baton Rouge back? And and what do we need to have more of in in this market to make it easier and better for you all to do your jobs and and to grow the economy and make it healthier in general? I'm often surprised by the lack of confidence people have and Baton Rouge who live here. And you know, if you talk about developing a new industry or even just a new business, people will often look at you and say, here? <laughs> you know, why, what, why would you do it here? Why not elsewhere? As if there's some magic potion to elsewhere. some other city right. that, you know, we're, yeah, so I, I, for me, I, I, I come across it a lot. And I, I think there's a confidence issue. As um, a consultant, I wonder how, how, how do we overcome our inferiority complex? Well, doing it helps. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, building new industries, the work that you know Devon and Success Labs are doing with all of their clients. Hopefully, the work I'm doing with my clients. A lot of what we do is building, you know, creating and building these companies and individuals to do bigger and better things. What do you think, Devon? You know, to me, it's there's so much good here and so many just resources. I mean, we talked about, you know, we've got oil and gas, we've got sports, we've got great arts. Yesterday. Um, uh, Jason Anderson of the Baton Rouge Gallery was talking about the arts community, and there's lots of cool things. Uh, to me, it just seems like it's we 
it's hard for it all to be integrated and kind of come together fully. It's like it's there, but we can't quite get connect it to dots, all huh? fit together and connect the dots. And so, and, and so I think we just sort of have kind of a failure to connect it all up. And and, and then it, you know some of the other things don't don't help, like you know our challenges with education and, and things like that. And you know of course with the resources that we had over the years, you wonder why don't we have the best education? Why don't we have have those things? So just bringing it all together because we have so many good things and we have so many startups and new companies. I mean we're really heavy on entrepreneurs and so I think we're getting there and, and we're having we're so close to New Orleans and I think sometimes we get overshadowed <laughs> by you know everybody knowing New Orleans. There's, there's, there are always have always been interesting things going on here. I think that continues to be the case. I agree with with Robert. We probably have a little bit of an inferiority complex, um, but everything's here. It's really just yeah. to me how do we continue to integrate all those things and get kind of a broader um, story, right? A, a better, a broader story, one that really uh, is. Authentic, mm -hmm. and that's what I have. I think we struggle with, with how to bring all that together to really have an authentic story or, or, or voice around what Baton Rouge is and who Baton Rouge is. Where do you want to be in five years with respect to your business? Where do I want to be in five years? I, I think with respect to my business and, and politics and business, I'm on a pretty good track with where we want to head. Um, I certainly would like to see the sports business expand. Uh, one of the things that we're hoping that we can find in, in as Baton Rouge is a central location is more of a foothold uh, across the south for whatever reason uh, most people who do this line of work are in New York, LA, uh, DC. And so we're one of the very few who are really investing time and resources into this area, and we'd love to use Baton Rouge as kind of a uh, launching pad for that. What about y'all, Devin? You know, uh, the next few years will be um, a really a push around, I think, two industries that we've mm -hmm. already got a foothold in and will continue to, and those things are manufacturing, petrochem, and healthcare, uh, which will be, we're already in, but wanting to build on that, that's not going away and there's some they're a little behind a lot of the industries related to leader development and um, bench strength, so we'll hopefully take advantage of that. Well, Devin Lemoyne and Robert Munson, you both bring so much insight and experience to the market, it's encouraging to see firms like yours here in Baton Rouge, so good luck with your continued growth and with those plans, and thanks for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, My guests Robert. today on Out to Lunch have been Robert Munson of SSG and Devin Lemoyne of Success Labs. You can find out more about SSG and Success Labs by following the links on our website. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2 for dinner nightly and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. All the music on Out to Lunch is composed and performed by Mitchell Foreman. You can find more of Mitchell's music wherever great jazz is streamed or sold and at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf89.3 FM. 
I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. And by Shewerton Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.